You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, September 13th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, where I primarily am based at, where I recently wrote about the Reds, which we'll get into a little bit later, why I went Benedict Arnold and the Padres. But uh, if you also feel inclined, please hit me up on my Twitter account, which if you are watching the YouTube version, uh, you could see in this bottom left here corner uh, at Javapeno, that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Also at LO underscore Padres, you can hit me up on there with any questions, comments you might have, and I'd love to interact with you guys. That's always a lot of fun, uh, especially during this very not fun second half of the season for the Padres. Um, Today's episode is also brought to you by Locked On. MLB. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Lockdown MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Lockdown MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, today's episode. Man, let me tell you. I wish we were in better spirits, although I have to admit I am smiling if you guys see the YouTube version because I just saw that my boy Francisco Lador hit his third home run against this Yankees team and they were jawing at each other. So who knows what's happening? I'm recording this as we speak. So maybe there's a fight happening on the TV. I don't know because I want to talk Padres today, guys. Of course, we're talking about the series, each game breaking them down because despite how miserable it was for the Padres, there were a lot of things that actually happened uh, this weekend that need to be discussed, despite the fact that they did get sweeped by the Dodgers. There are some notable things to take away from this series. Not good, almost all of them bad, but uh, we got to talk about them because it's my job to talk Padres, guys. So let's get into it. Let's start with Friday's game. Now, first of all, it must be stated. It must be stated this, that I was not expecting a lot from this series. Uh, I did a podcast with Colby Olsen on Friday, which I had recorded on Tuesday with him, talking about how Blake Snell has been doing basically in this like last month plus uh, and how he's transformed into one of the most effective starting pitchers in the game. And we will talk about him a little bit later. But another effective starting pitcher is Joe Musgrove, who gets the start on Friday, and he was fine. By the way, fine. He does give up three runs on four hits, four hits only, which isn't too bad. Uh, five walks, though, which was alarming for him. This is a low whip guy. He has great, great control. Despite all the off-speed stuff that he throws, he does not throw fastballs a lot, uh, which I talked with Colby also on Friday. But he does give up um, five walks and does give up a big home run, bottom of the third inning, to Max Muncy, and then a sacrifice fly uh, to Chris Taylor. But all of that aside, he really wasn't that bad. But still, the walks, some... Don't worry about it. This is just one of those oddity performances. Like I said with the whip and control stuff, Joe Musgrove has still been great, but they lost three to nothing. The Padres cannot get any hits in this game. The Padres offense went cold basically all weekend. Four runs in total across the three games uh, against the Dodgers, a series that you're trying to win because it was allegedly a rivalry and now it absolutely is not. Uh, it has not been that whatsoever. None of the intensity is there. The only cool thing that basically happens in this game, or no, that doesn't even happen in this game, but uh, the only cool thing, that happens in this game is Tatis does go two for four, but he strikes out twice. Um, 
with a stolen base, I guess, for all you fantasy guys out there, if you want to care about that. Another thing that I've hated about the Padres in the second half is that they just never run anymore whatsoever. Part of that, of course, is because they never have people on base to run anymore. Tommy Pham, Trent Grisham, Jake Cronenworth even has been in a slump for a while. Like, it's just, it hasn't been great. So I understand that's a product of what happens when none of your guys get on base. And you're just hoping that Tatis yeets the ball at the ballpark every time. Um, so it wasn't great. And you're wondering, was it, was it Walker Buehler? No, it was actually Julio Urias, who is a very good pitcher, in my opinion. Maybe a number two, number one, maybe, maybe a number one on some teams, lowering his ERA to 2.98 on the season. He goes seven innings, gives up no runs, only three hits, walks one, strikes out seven. He looked pretty good. I must say. Uh, but what was more frustrating than the Padres being unable to hit uh, Urias, in my opinion, was the Kenley Jansen inning, which saw him just mow through the lineup in half a second, it felt like. one. It's just, I would, I would say that about the Padres. They used to be such a patient team early on in the year. And it actually, I think, was to the detriment to an extent. They were a team that took a lot of walks, took a lot of pitches, but they never got any hits. You know what I mean? It was a problem. Now that's happening where they do get a lot of walks, but they just... It's so annoying how often you're waiting for this team to provide a spark and then you see like a, a quick ground out from Eric Hosmer or a quick ground, ground out from K- Victor Caratini, Adam Frazier, whoever. Uh, it's so, so frustrating uh, to see that from this team. And it's so frustrating. I just talked about Adam Frazier. He plays in this game. He actually does go, do okay. He goes two for three uh, in the game, two singles, but it's still frustrating all around. Uh, for the Padres in this game. Second half after this weekend, they are 21 and 27 total record wise. They look terrible. And this is just another example of that. I'm sorry if I'm, I'm just randomly looking down at my phone every time. It's just this, this third home run for Francisco Lindor. Sorry guys. It's just, what can I say? The game was on the house. What can I say? But anyway, uh, really, really rough. I know Urias is a good pitcher, but the Padres need more. And this was a game that while not the most frustrating loss of the weekend, I'd say, I think it needs to be brought up that I this game made me start thinking, are we going to enter a hard reset for the Padres this offseason? I don't think so, but it's at least becoming more of an idea, more of a question, because you look at some of the contracts on this team. You look at some of the players that are falling off on this team. You look at the fact that their farm system, while not the worst in baseball, don't get me wrong, it's not empty. They still have four elite tier prospects with guys like Luis Campisano, CJ Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, and Robert Hassel. Those are still like valuable prospects, but there's not a lot of depth outside of that. You know what I mean? There's, I know you got guys like Ethan Elliott and what have you, but it's still not a, a deep farm system. So I'm wondering, is it possible that they reverse all this stuff? There was a point, I forgot if this was a Saturday game or the Friday game, forgive me. Uh, I'm trying to forget it. I believe it was actually the Saturday game now I think about it, but there was a point where Eric Hosmer, there was a throw um, from from uh, Jake or Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, in the Saturday game, which we'll get to in one second, by the way, uh, that was just kind of in between the legs. It was like an awkward throw for sure, but then Hosmer steps at it weird, almost like he's afraid of the ball. And I'm watching him, and I immediately thought after that play, and I'm like, I really think they're going to move heaven and earth to get rid of Eric Hosmer. And I still have to think about my feelings on what they would have to give up for him. Cause you might be thinking, ah, Texas is going to be greedy. You're asking for Abrams. That's their top prospect. But like, it's actually fair. If I was Texas, I'd be asking for that too. Seriously. Like this guy is one of the worst players in baseball. He's getting paid a lot of money. You better be giving me something, a reason other than like, he's won a world series that for me to have him on my team, especially if I'm rebuilding, you know what I mean? Like that's the only thing that kind of makes sense. Even if the Padres do pay some of the salary, it doesn't make sense to have him. You know what I'm saying? So we'll get more into him more onto him uh, in just a second guys. But first I want to talk to you 
about direct tv stream i want to tell you about just it's the it's the best way to get all the entertainment you love all the sports everything basically your tv whatever you have uh without the hassle direct tv stream brings you live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before which means you can watch all your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that's the key one place and the best part there's no annual contract so it wasn't just one key that's the second key it's really cool. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about it at directtv.com, guys. Remember, that's Direct TV Stream and go to check out directtv.com. Bam. Knock that out. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Let's keep it rolling, guys. Let's talk about now Saturday's game, which thankfully the Padres showed a little bit more backbone. Just a little bit more of fight. Five to four this time. They lose. Like I said, they did get swept this weekend. And in this game, where do I even begin? I mean, like I let's let's start with Eric Hosmer, actually. I don't even want to like so Eric Hosmer. One thing I don't like about Eric Hosmer is one that everybody this is he's such a great example of why gold gloves, not that they don't matter at all. I, I'm I'm a firm believer that saying that a stat or a thing about players, whether it be RBIs, whether it be gold gloves or whatever, I don't think everything is means nothing. Just because it doesn't mean as much doesn't mean it means nothing. That does not equate. You know what I'm saying? So every stat has a use per se, even if it's not a very good one, in my opinion. The only one I would say actually is wins for pitchers. That'd be the only one that I'm like, that tells you nothing about the player whatsoever. It tells you maybe like some funny story about how like, the Padres never win when they get good starts out of Joe Musgrove or something like that, or Jacob deGrom for an example from the Mets, a more glaring, iconic example. But, you know, that's my take on it. And Harry Cosmer has four gold gloves. And that just shows you that, like, that award sometimes can be a popularity contest. And it also could be a factor of just maybe not a lot of great defenders in the field that were nominated or could have been up for the gold glove award when he was due. Um, in this game, I should mention that Fernando Tatis Jr. moves back to shortstop. And what do you have it? He has one of his best games he's had in a while, going three for four with um, – or no, I'm sorry. Does he go three for four? Yes, three for four with three RBIs um, in the game, hitting a home run as well. Does strike out, but still a good game for him. May Machado also goes three for four with a, uh, an RBI and a double. So those two guys stepped up. Unfortunately, nobody else did uh, for the Padres, but – uh, is it a coincidence that Tatis's first game back at shortstop, he hits a home run like that, has a great game? I don't know, folks. I don't know. I will say this. I'm not going to say that Tatis absolutely needs 100% um, to, and I was getting another uh, message from my guy, um, what's it called? Uh, Jeff Snyder of Locked on Dodgers, who wants to get in my little restreaming room, but um I will say that I don't necessarily believe that Tatis moving to shortstop is something that we should all be upset about if he doesn't. In fairness, he has been pretty bad this year. If it does keep him healthy, I understand that. Um, What I don't like is how much Jace Tingler has been moving around the lineup this year. It's just, and again, I know it can be matchup stuff. I know Jace Tingler knows a whole lot more about baseball than I do, but just a personal opinion, I don't like too much how often uh, they change up the lineup. One minute, Cronenworth's batting leadoff, it feels like. It feels like this was kind of the lineup we were expecting all year. A Grisham, Frazier, Machado, Tatis, Hosmer, which I still don't know why Hosmer doesn't bat lower in the lineup, in my opinion, anyway. Granted, not a lot of people are making a case for it. Myers has been okay for the second half of the season, but even him, Tommy Pham, Victor Caratini, so I get it. Uh, it just might be that there's not many other guys that are that much you know, better. Uh, that you could put higher above Eric Hosmer in the lineup, but I think that gets me a little bit more annoyed. 
uh, as my guy Jeff just enters the room. What's going on, man? Yeah, for everybody who wants to know some insider info, we both share the same kind of like restream account when we do this YouTube thing. And I think he's going to be doing his first YouTube show. Not, is that a yes? It's his first YouTube show. So guys, go check out Lockdown Dodgers if you... If you are, I don't know, masochistic, if you're Padres fans, you want to hear him be happy about them sweeping them this weekend, but you can go ahead and do that. But that's just my kind of my take on the Saturday game. Um, and with Eric Hosmer, one thing I don't like about him is you've seen um, over the course of not just this Dodgers series when he had a weird way of capturing the ball. It looked like he was just trying to avoid it uh, in this game, that throw from Tatis. What I hate about it is you had the the play from Kim last week. Um the on the shift play I forgot I'm forgetting when which game that even was but that game also the grounder that he messed up uh la- it was last Friday actually it was last Friday and the fact that none of those errors get charged to Eric Hosmer is a good reason by the way why errors aren't the be all and end all for defensive prowess at least in my opinion anyway so bad game for the Padres um for the Dodgers who was pitching in this game it was Walker Bueller who I actually thought looked pretty solid um, in the game, he goes seven innings, only giving up two earned runs on five hits or six hits. I'm sorry, walking two, striking out five. Pretty good game for Bueller. He's been good all season, so I'm not that frustrated that the Padres going to hit him necessarily. It's just that at some point, I'd like somebody to hit for anyone, just besides Tatis. It's the only one showing up right now, so not a great game for the Padres at all. But I know what you guys want to know about. It's the Sunday game, the game that just kind of. I mean, there's been a lot of lows, but this is one of the lowest of all the lows uh, throughout the course of basically the whole season, at least in my opinion. But before we get into that, let's talk about something that doesn't get me depressed. That is the best tasting protein bar in all of the land, ladies and gentlemen. Those are the Built Bars, soft and easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate. They've got all sorts of flavors, orange, cookies and cream, double chocolate, mint brownie, raspberry, cherry barcia, coconut. They've got everything for you. And on top of all that, it's healthy, right? They're protein bars, so they're healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, guys. What are you waiting for? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com, guys. It's really good stuff. I recommend them. All right, now let's talk about the Sunday game, a game that mercifully I was at least able to have another sport on the side. Shout out to all my football fans out there. I at least got to see my fantasy team do well, my personal favorite football team that I won't name because I don't want to get my listeners annoyed, but at least I had football to put on the background as the Padres lose a nightmare game, 8 nothing to complete the sweep by the Dodgers. Uh, Max Scherzer making history uh, in this game, his 3,000th strikeout, and I will say this, this is pretty funny, his 3,000th strikeout comes against Eric Hosmer, which of course unleashes everybody into a slander, which I appreciate, it was very funny, I enjoyed that. Uh, but more importantly, I thought it was hilarious that the guy who ends up breaking up the perfect game that Max Scherzer has, eight innings worth, <laughs> he goes eight innings, before allowing his first hit or walk, like I said, perfect game, not just a no-hitter, is Eric Hosmer with a double. Of course he did. Uh, whatever, man. Uh, in this game, though, Scherzer looked fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And he's always been fantastic. He's a madman. This is a guy that I'm convinced 
on one leg would still probably want to pitch, especially if it's a pivotal game. He's amazing. Um, and it's really nightmarish to see him do it, especially with Ken Rosenthal being the narc that he is, uh, being wrong about that report. We all get excited, and it turns out Scherzer is not heading to the Padres, and he does this. Um, not that it's a revenge game or anything like that, but Scherzer looked great. So this isn't a game that I was expecting the Padres to win, certainly, especially with how they've been playing lately. But let's let's talk about it. Blake Snell in this game, who has been absolutely on fire, who actually only over the course of like the last month plus or so has been a little bit better than Max Scherzer in certain areas, especially with the strikeout rate on all that stuff. He gets uh, two outs in this game before leaving the game with what was called. Let me be, get it correct here. Um, let me see. It was like a, a weird injury, but basically it was a groin injury. Um, and <laughs> I haven't heard any other updates on it, but this is just all season. One of the things that's been happening, or I should say all second half of the season for the Padres, what's been happening is every time someone seems to step up, another guy regresses dramatically. Um, it's not just that somebody becomes average. They become unplayable or hurt or whatever. Right. So it's, you know, Will Myers is probably the only exception, hilariously enough, to that. While the offense has regressed dramatically, Myers hasn't been a star, but when he's in a slump, it's not like he becomes Tommy Pham, who is literally one of the worst players in all of baseball with runners in scoring position. He actually, I think it was on the Friday game, or no, it was in Saturday's game, uh, gets struck out by Kenley Jansen um, to end any potential hope that the Padres had a tie in the game, which was rough to watch. But Tommy Pham, a disaster. Let's just say I don't expect him back on the team next year. Um, and also in this game, another random thing that happened, Austin Adams, who apparently hates opposing batters, uh, made history uh, in the expansion error, uh, recording his 21st hit batter of the season. <laughs> and it's funny because Austin Adams is actually not that bad of a relief pitcher. He does have some good strikeout stuff. But dear Lord, man, I mean, get him out of here. There's an inning in this game in which he hits two batters. I, I Hmm. What more do I talk about? Jeff, I don't even know what more I should talk about. Three. It was three batters. Really? I did not know it was three. Thank you, Jeff. I only saw the two. That My sports app, Yahoo Sports, was acting weird today. By the way, I don't know what it was. It just it showed me like games that were already done at, in like the fourth inning. That was weird. Guys, uh, message me in the comments or anything like that if that happened to you for the Yahoo Sports app. But anyway, uh, Austin Adams, like I said, not a bad pitcher, but nightmarish inning for him. And like I said, with the expansion era, just an absolute mess. I don't know what it is. With him, I don't know if he's angry all the time, but he needs to get his control. And he wasn't doing that. And the Padres need to get under some sort of control. I mentioned earlier that I'm wondering whether or not the Padres may even hit a little bit of a hard reset this offseason. The problem with that is with the Tatis, Machado, and Hosmer contracts, I'm not totally sure what they could do. They do need to maybe build up the farm again. But I think that right now, I'm just hoping that Blake Snell's healthy and you got to hope that next year you have uh, Mike Clevenger coming back. But then I just realized another thing over the course of this is that the Nelson Lamette, I actually forgot to mention, he does make an appearance in this game, getting stuck with the loss. Actually, he gives up uh, one earned run on one hit and two walks. He has been bad this year. And a lot of that has been because it's just an injury nightmare with him. And I have said this before on the podcast. I think he's damaged goods. I think he's an awesome pitcher when he's healthy. I think his slider is one of the best in the entire league. I would take his slider and put it up against anybody. And he's just not staying healthy. And it looks like the experiment of not opting for the Tommy John surgery has absolutely backfired on Denelson Lamette. And it's turning into just this kind of nightmare situation where, 
you know, you had that one period in the air where he they brought him in for one inning, two innings, then they worked it up to three, then to four. And then he even had a point when he went six innings and had a pretty good start. And then he just regresses. He's on the IL for another month. So it just really feels like, what are we even doing here at this point? Right. And it makes you wonder, what is Padres pitching development doing? You know, this this isn't it's not a coincidence that this seems to keep happening with Padres players where they regress or they get hurt and vice versa. I know Blake Snell has been bucking the trend lately, um, especially ever since Larry Rothschild was dismissed. But it's just been really one of those uh, issues that's come up where it's you're wondering no matter who they get. Are, are they going to be able to improve anybody, right? The player development process when it comes to offense has been okay. I mean, we have seen guys like Trent Grisham and Jake Cronenworth be great, obviously Tatis, but the rest of the team, man, it's, it's just been a nightmare. Now you have this series coming up against San Francisco and things aren't going to get any easier. I know that they don't have the star names that you're used to. They don't have, you know, Max Muncy, who at one point, by the way, I should mention, just so Jeff knows, I'm not a totally unbiased guy. Absolute bananas bad call in the Saturday game. Just such a bad strike three call. It was pretty nuts. I'll take it, but really bad. And of course, the Padres still end up losing anyway. Um, But it's not going to get any easier with San Francisco, who's on a roll. And they have an absolute incentive to win because they want to win the division. Um, So hopefully the only thing you can hope for is that Blake Snow, he got some good news that he'll be able to make his next schedule start, which I believe is against the Cardinals, uh, who are definitely not a great team. So hopefully we can get him back for that one, maybe deliver a good start for us. But uh, yeah, I don't really know what else to say at this point, guys. Uh, The Padres are a mess. I know the Dodgers are good, but at some point we just have to wonder, like, I can't remember the last time. I mean, 2010 for the Padres is the last time they had a collapse of this stature, of this volume. But it's starting to become a thing where I can't remember a team, at least the last maybe 10 years. I know this, I mean, I'm not old enough to remember too much, that have had collapses like this, right? Uh, And you could argue that the 2010 team, the difference between then and now is that there's a lot more expectations for this team than that 2010 team. They did not have once-in-a-generation talents like Tatis, like Machado, heck, even like Darvish to an extent, Blake Snell, guys like that. There was not as many moving pieces and not as many expectations. And the Padres have absolutely fallen apart in basically every conceivable way. And I'm very curious to see um, what happens with Jace Tingler. I'm very curious to see what happens with the player development because it hasn't been good. And I think that the only thing that you can expect now is you still got to try because the Reds are, believe it or not, still not that far ahead of us. Um, what in the world? Oh, um, stop it. Stop it, Jeff. Stop sending me messages during this. This is so hard already. And sending all these. Stop with the slander. Oh, but he does mention Trent Grisham in our little message that he just sent me. Grisham, by the way, a guy that I projected bold prediction to finish top 10 in MVP voting. I'm not upset about that take. My only upset thing is that Trent Grisham hasn't shown any signs of improvement this year. His slash line is basically entirely um, the same from last season. He has a good eye at the plate, but he swings through a lot of pitches. He gets fooled by off-speed stuff. Still a solid player, but this offseason, it's going to be interesting to wonder whether or not is this the best we're going to get from him? That's not good. You know what I mean? Still a good player. Still a player that a lot of people like to have on their team. Still starting quality guy, especially because of the defense. But it would be very disappointing if he doesn't get any better, especially with that strikeout rate. Leaves a lot to be desired. Um, but yeah, that's basically all for the podcast, guys. I don't really know what else you want me to say at this point. Uh, the Padres are bad. The Reds, I will say, I wrote about them over at Just Baseball over the weekend and why they're a great bandwagon team for this year. Uh, yeah, sue me, whatever. I think it's true. I think then the Castellanos thing is pretty funny. And I think that Wade Miley 
is pretty funny. And the Joey Votto thing is kind of adorable. Shout out Abigail, a fan of his. So go check out that, that piece if you want. Uh, I'll link it in the description over at Just Baseball. I'll get back to writing Padres stuff when they give me a reason to write about them, I guess. But uh, with that all said, guys, before we wind down this here podcast and let Jeff, the supervillain, into the room so he can record his first ever YouTube betting on the Padres betting on a football, you know, football started this Sunday. It doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling, you don't want to get screwed on betting on the Packers to beat the saints who lost like 38 to three. Don't worry. These guys will make sure you don't make those mistakes. Guys get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team, favorite picks and Lee Sterling's lock of the day follow the lockdown bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts from in terms of the future of this podcast guys uh later on in the week i'm going to be talking with ben caspic of lockdown giants doing a little crossover previewing the series reacting to the series whatever our schedules kind of permit um and then maybe talking with lucas smith of lockdown cardinals maybe might be doing that i don't know for sure uh, and then also talking about the mvp race my feelings on that, whether or not Tatis still has a shot at it, I still think he does, but it's looking increasingly unlikely as the days unfold. Bryce Harper is a madman, and that's basically it. Hopefully, the Padres can shock the world and beat the Giants, but after what happened this weekend and what's been happening for the last few weeks, uh, there was quite literally zero sign of that. I don't care if the postseason odds are still 16.6%. It feels like it's like 4% at this point, and that's just math uh, that they're using on that. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it. For today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked on Padres on YouTube, where I just started up a couple weeks ago. It's really a lot of fun. You get to see what shirt I'm wearing. If that's an incentive for some reason, I mean, I'm not wearing anything. They didn't give me a reason, the Padres this weekend, to wear anything special. So check that out, though. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful, my Friar Faithful homies, even when it's really tough to take care.